Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. And welcome to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we're joining again for another beautiful day in the upper Midwest as we celebrate Catholic life and share the beauty of our faith with one another on another morning of Real Presence Live. I'm glad to be here with you, Dr. Bergwald. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Father. I, I, it's nice to be in your I've never been in your house before, Father. Yeah, well, this morning we're broadcasting <laughs> live from the campus of the Cathedral of St. Joseph. We're presently in my house, the rectory house with the priest. Um, we're also near the campus of the Mater Ecclesia Monastery, mm-hmm. as well as the beautiful Cathedral of St. Joseph. And so it's a beautiful day here in the Upper Midwest, and welcome to all our guests who are listening to us all around the area. And let's get a little preview of the show. Aaron, are you with us? I certainly am. What do we have on the on the schedule this morning? Absolutely. So we're going to have some sisters from the Perpetual Adoration Sisters, and they are going to be talking about their beautiful profession. Then we're going to have Father Tim Smith for Straight Talk. We're also going to have Betsy Neepkins coming up here, and we're going to have the 10-minute tour. Deb Lieberg is going to be on with us, and Julia Pearson. I don't really want to give too much away on the show just because, well, we want you to tune in from 9 to 11 here on Real Presence Live. So we'll have it all set here for you. Turn it right back over to you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. The... Uh it's great to be here again. We're broadcasting live, and uh, Dr. Bergwald, the building we're in used to be a chancery building many years ago. Before that, it was a carriage house. That's right, and so we are broadcasting live from a barn this morning, <laughs> from a repurposed <laughs> church building. Is this the stable? So, <clears throat> Father, you know, you know what? What's what was six months from yesterday, Father? Oh. Uh, You'll have to enlighten Christmas. me. Christmas. Oh, Father. <laughs> Clearly you don't have children, Father. I do not. I certainly do not. I have spiritual children. <laughs> but uh, No, we on uh, the birth of St. John the Baptist, which was Monday, the 24th, um, and, and that's a bit of, 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 of church trivia I don't know the answer to. Why is his, his birth the 24th and that's the 25th of June? I'm not sure. I don't know if you do. I'm not. So regardless, though, every time that comes around, I say, hey, guys, the the family, my my wife, our five kids, guess what today is? What is today? It's the Feast of St. John the Baptist, the birth of John the Baptist. What what does that mean? Christmas is six months away. Well, that's great. Yeah. And my wife groans and rolls her eyes. Well, you're one of those people who keep Christmas in your heart all (laughs) all year round. round. That's excellent. (laughs) Well, it's, it's been a beautiful day in the Upper Midwest, and of course we're broadcasting from the campus of the cathedral here, and so so many good things that are happening in our center of our city, and we're grateful to be here in yeah. the city of Sioux Falls this week. And, and, and um, it occurred to me, Father, this might be the last, well, the last time for a while at least that we'll be in the same room doing Real Presence Live. That's correct. I've uh, recently been appointed pastor of the parishes of Holy Cross and Ipswich, and uh, St. Thomas and Roscoe, South Dakota, and also 
uh, Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Leola, South Dakota, which are near our Aberdeen listeners in that northern part of South Dakota. And I'm looking forward to relocating. And right now, I'm all my possessions are packed up, and uh, already wow. I'm I'm ready to move. And so uh, I'm looking forward. I met some of my parishioners and staff at the parishes just yesterday, and wonderful people. And I'm looking forward to journeying with the new members of the church up there. New members of, of they're they're they've been there a long time, but I'll be new to them. And so this is a time for a lot of transition for a lot of our listeners who are getting new pastors yep. or there are new assignments and even uh, perhaps new bishops, as we know that yes. even uh, Bishop Groose has been reassigned to a different church. He'll be leaving in July yes. for Saginaw. So we're grateful. And of course, in, during times of transitions, we put ourselves into the hands of the Blessed Mother and we trust in her and, and she'll watch over us and give us direction. And of course, there's always a little unrest whenever we have something new, but uh Jesus is always doing something new yep. in our lives. Yep, so if we just trust in him um, and his divine mercy, um, no matter what happens, if we remain rooted in the Sacred Heart, which we'll be celebrating on Friday, um, then we need not fear any change that comes our way. Well, that is true, and do not be afraid. And, of course, the power of prayer is so important Amen. in our lives. And here in our uh, parish and in our, in our, where we're broadcasting from, the, some of the greatest witnesses to the power of prayer are the members of our own parish who are the Perpetual Adoration Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. And this morning, we're very grateful to be joined by two of the sisters mm -hmm. from our Mater Ecclesia <coughs> Monastery. That's Latin for Mother of the Church Monastery. And uh, it's a beautiful foundation, something new within the last year that's been consecrated. And it's a place where people in all of our area can come and pray. And we have pilgrims on a regular, regular basis who come to the monastery and, and spend time before the Lord Jesus in prayer. And so this morning we're joined by Sister Angelica and Sister Guadalupe. And we're grateful to have them in studio with us this morning. Welcome, sisters. Thank Good morning, you. sisters. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So thank you for being with us. Uh, you know, Sister Angelica, uh, I just wanted to have our listeners get to know you a little bit. So uh, tell us about yourselves. Where are you from and how you discerned your call into religious life? Okay. Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is Sister Angelica Morales, and I am a member of the Adoration Sisters here in Mater Ecclesia, as Father mentioned before. Um, I'm originally from Mexico. Coscomatepec, Veracruz is the name of my town. And my discernment to my vocation and to the Adoration Sisters was, I will say, God has beautiful sense of humor always. And I was discerning to become a missionary. And I wanted to be in, in Africa, working in Africa. And I was looking for a community. And by that time, I was working as um, pharmacist, and I used to go every day after work on my way home um, to pray before the Blessed Sacrament, to ask him for guidance and to show me where uh, was the community that I will join. But then the, the Adoration Sisters came to my town, and they... I didn't know nothing about them, but besides to see new habit, I saw new way of life. So I never thought to be contemplative sister, but what attracted to me was the, um, 
the charism because it's centered in the Blessed Sacrament, the adoration. And I spent time before the Blessed Sacrament was one of my favorite things to do. So it was not a coincidence, it was just the providence of God that he was leading me. And so see how, how I ended. So I was trying to become a missionary in Africa and I end my life as contemplative sister in USA. So which has been a blessing for me. I think for me. Instead of going east, you went north. Right? <laughs> yes. Right. And I think it, uh, uh, <coughs> there is no reason to say it, but it was the last country I was thinking to be at. So, mm. a, and God sent me here first, and I am very blessed and I'm very happy to be here. Sister, were you were part of the, the first group of sisters who came, right? Yes, I did. We were originally seven, and one went back, and now she's working in, in Chile, but this, the rest of us are here. And so it has been just a great blessing, a, a journey of faith, and uh, by seeing the, the, the people, uh, the love they have for the Holy Eucharist, the, the way they come and, and request prayers from us. So it has been just a great blessing. And, and as I said, um, I think God is wonderful, and I'm just thank you for t thank him for it. I remember um, the first winter that you were all here uh, and watching you play, uh, have snowball fights yeah. and build snowmen uh, <laughs> in the, uh, outside the old monastery yeah. where you used to. So that was a great joy. To, was it the first time you ever uh, were in snow? Yes, yes. It, it was one of the things we were <laughs> surprised. And, and it was a wonderful winter and it has been different every year. But I remember when we told uh, our father at, at that time, the representative of our community, we told him, Father, but in Sioux Falls there are the snow, there is the snow, a, a winter is so hard. And <laughs> he, he said, well, do you think that there is people living there? I said, yes, of course. <laughs> you will survive. <laughs> That's good. Just go. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant uh, recommendation. Now, <laughs> Sister Guadalupe, when did you first meet the community? Well, when I had the opportunity to meet the sister, I was 17, uh, 15 years old, and I was pre uh, preparing, learning how to, to teach the children to prepare them for holy, receive, receive the Holy Communion. And, and the priest of my town, he, he invited some of the sisters, especially dedicated to the Holy Eucharist, how to explain better and to understand how to teach the children the importance of the Eucharist. And the first time where I saw them, I was really impressed to know their, how they live. They say they will, uh, they adore Jesus, they and I, and that for me was a big, Blessing, and I, when I saw them, I, I that I want to be one of them, but I was just 15, and it took me very well for me it was long to wait two years, because many of my families, but especially my father, he he thought it was a crazy idea. How are you going to be a nun and to don't have children, say, I need some grandsons. Or <laughs> uh -huh. 
Los tiene was very difficult for my father and for some of my family because they say you are going to be there just thinking just about yourself, you forgot about us and you don't care about us and I say, Well, I really care about you but I really care about your soul. Mm, at that age I understood what importance was for us to to work not just a human level but the spiritual level too. Mm, that was the day that I I feel like Jesus touched my my heart to those wonderful sisters, and I am very grateful with with God for that opportunity that He gave to me. That's beautiful, sister, and uh, what a beautiful witness too about the importance of our souls and and taking care of our souls and uh, that response and that witness that whenever we follow our vocation, whether it's to holy marriage or to, to priesthood or to religious life, that we give a testimony um, just to the good things that God is doing in our life. And uh, it's a really a powerful testimony. It, it's a witness to our whole community Amen. when we say yes to our vocation. Yes, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm Father Tim Smith. And we are broadcasting this morning from... Uh, well, cloudy Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, and we're visiting with Sister Angelica and Sister Guadalupe of the Perpetual Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament uh, here in Sioux Falls. Sister Angelica, can you tell us a little bit more about your community, who the founder of the Perpetual Adoration Sisters is? The, you already spoke a little bit about the charism, but the, the mission, the charism of your community. Yeah, our mother foundress was Italian. She, uh, her name is Mother Mary Magdalene of the, of the Incarnation. She's a blessed now, and she established the first monastery in Rome in 1807. So then the, the community, the, excuse me, the, the order spread all uh, worldwide. And we have um, 62 monasteries right now in Mexico. Wow. Is where the order has been growing the more, and five monasteries here in USA. So what is our charism? It's just to be witnesses of the real presence of the Blessed Sacrament, Jesus in the in present in the most blessed sacraments. So that's why we spend time adoring him 24 hours a day. And then that's all our life goes around the Holy Eucharist. So that's one of the, the most important things for us and the joy of the community is to share our charism with the people coming to adoration, to our chapel, having them uh, praying with us and, and sometimes during morning prayer or the, and the Vesperas. So this is our charism, to be witnesses of, the, of Jesus' real presence in, in the Eucharist. And that's a beautiful testimony. Just this last weekend on Sunday, Corpus Christi, uh, the sisters in the community participated in a beautiful Eucharistic procession around our parish boundaries and into the neighborhood and around. And it's a really good testimony, as you were saying, Sister Guadalupe, of that teaching and witness to Jesus in the Holy Eucharist and this beautiful charism of adoration. Sister, sister how have you seen adoration 
and the mission flourish and grow in your life as a sister. As a sister, well, I had uh, many opportunities, but one that really touched my heart was one couple that they wanted, to, the man wanted to divorce his wife, and she started to go to visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, and then later, the husband has the opportunity to meet one of the sisters, and the sister told him, you know your wife, are you going to divorce her? She is looking for a better man, better than you, because he's the best of all. And, <laughs> and he was curious about that. And one day he started to follow his wife where she was going. Then he saw she entered into the church and kneeling by the Blessed Sacrament when was posed. And, and that really paid his, uh, cut his attention. And little by little, he started to go to visit Jesus because he said, I want to, to leave my wife, but I see that he has something else greater. And I think he, he opened his heart and he changed his mind. And then now they are both of them adore Jesus every day in the Blessed Sacrament. And, there are many examples, but I think one is the, that one touched really my heart. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. And uh, just a beautiful witness of people that come to the monastery. Uh, Sister Angelica, what is a day in the life for the sisters like? Well, the, the most important um, moment in the life of the community, of course, is the Holy Mass. But uh, we start our journey in the morning at 5.30, and then our day ends at 10 o'clock p.m. So between prayer, adoration, Holy Eucharist work, recreation, study time. So it, it's a, a simple day every day. Of course, we have a schedule to follow, but it's, it's um, like a very normal day. So. We have time for, for study to, uh, studying together or playing together just to, like a, another family, a spiritual family. Thank you, sisters. Um, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation after the break with Sister Angelica and Sister Guadalupe. And then coming up in a little bit, we're going to get to our Straight Talk segment, so get your questions ready. Um, and later on, we'll hear about a fun camp for the entire family. All this and more right here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Radio wants to honor our fathers. As Catholics, we see our priests as spiritual fathers. We have so many great priests in our listening area who model and guide us to a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. Beginning July 1st, each week on Real Presence Live, we will honor our spiritual fathers with a dozen donuts donated by a local business to share with their staff. And of course, a good father would want to share. Let us know who you would like to honor, and each week we will draw a name to share stories of great spiritual fathers. Visit yourcatholicradiostation.com to honor your father today. The the only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. 
One very important parish will receive special treatment at the 2020 Built Upon a Rock Fest, including catered lunch on the concert day, meet and greet with the bands, and a special preview performance. Built Upon a Rock Fest is grateful for parish support and wants to give back. All sponsoring parishes will be entered into a drawing, and the VIP will be drawn on stage at the concert on September 14th. For details, check out builtuponarockfest.com. Builtuponarockfest.com. Beginning next week, Real Presence Live will be coming to you five days a week, bringing you new hosts, including Father Craig Vosick, Father Tim Buren, Father Randall Kazel, and Father Brian Cuiava from brand new locations, including the University of Mary in Bismarck, St. Philip's Church in Bemidji, and Abbey of the Hills in Marvin, South Dakota. If you're looking for hope, tune in to Real Presence Live, where you'll hear the positive and inspirational stories five days a week from 9 to 11 Central, beginning July 1st. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now, back to more Real Presence Live. Good morning. Welcome to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And this morning, we're here on the campus of the Cathedral of St. Joseph. And right now, we're having a great conversation about faith and witness with the Perpetual Adoration Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. And joining us this morning are Sister Angelica and Sister Guadalupe. And they've been giving us a beautiful testimony of their life, which is dedicated to the charism of Eucharistic adoration. And just this last week, Dr. Bergwald, we had a beautiful uh, week of the Eucharist mm -hmm. leading up to Corpus Christi. And again, the sisters are giving us testimony of their life, uh, their way of life and their rule of life centered around holy adoration. Uh, Sister Guadalupe, how has adoration of the Blessed Sacrament changed your life and how you live out your religious rule and all the things that you do every day? Uh, I think Jesus changed my life in the Holy Eucharist the first time that I went to see him. I was like, uh, I couldn't understand what was in the tabernacle, but I remember my mom told me, go to see there is God there, and he will answer your question, and he will show that you the right way in your life. And I start just by five minutes every day before I go to school. And little by little, I, he was winning my heart, and then I understand that, I wanted to do many, many things for, for myself and to be a teacher, to have my own profession, to get a lot of money for myself. <laughs> no? And then little by little, he made me understand what really was important. It was to care about the others too. And and I start to think maybe if I'm going, I would like to serve many people who is suffering, young people, all. And I wanted to help everybody at the time. And little by little, I start to go for an hour, two hours. And uh, when I get to know the sisters, I wanted to be forever with him. And I remember the first time that I saw Jesus in the monstrance, um, exposed and a lot of flowers around and beautiful decoration and see the adoration sister kneeling before him and I that this is what I really want and I cannot explain with words what I felt in my heart because it was so touchy for me and I wanted to be there forever and I remember I told my parents please come back in three months if this is not the life that God wants for me I will go back with you they came to after three months they 
came to the monastery and asked me, are you ready to go with us? And I say, no, I think I'm going to live here forever. Mm -hmm. And since that day, I had been very, very happy. And before I asked, before I joined the community, I asked Jesus to show me the way to do great things in my life. But now the only thing that I ask him every day, please, Jesus, help me to love you every day more and more. Increase my love for you. And I feel that joy that is coming from him. And I would like many, many people to have that experience that, that really changed my life. And I hope many more will Sister, how, how old were you when you started making those five-minute visits before school? Oh, I was 14. 14? 14. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 14. So, so teenager. Yeah, teenager. Like, okay. it be, it's because before it was very difficult for me to believe that I was always Catholic, but it was very hard to believe that Jesus was there. Mm. But my mom helps me to understand, and I start to go visit him. Mm. Five minutes. Mm. No more than yeah. five minutes. <laughs> but now I am here now forever. you do it a lot more than five yeah. minutes now. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm very happy with him. Only I ask him one day I can die in his presence. It only takes a little bit. And right. God has so much more in and, store for us. And the, the sisters, you do you talk about the beauty uh, of Jesus the monsters, but the mm -hmm. way that you um, decorate is not the right word, but I don't have a better word. Now. The way that you make the altar and the chapel beautiful it, it's it's very beautiful if Thank listeners uh, if you ever have a chance to visit sioux falls or if you're in the sioux falls area listening um and you haven't visited you need to visit the the chapel uh because the sisters do a beautiful job of of beautiful beautifying our lord yeah that's that's what we are called to do so uh, to to do the, our best for the lord to make or or, or just to invite people to see whose presence is there, that the most important is, uh, I know uh, we cannot do uh, as much he deserves, but it's just to help the people to find Jesus and to fall in love with him and, and to see that, and, and, and to, it's one way to tell them, here is Jesus waiting for you. Amen. And this last week when we did our Eucharistic procession and, and sisters, you were there in, in the line of the procession with Jesus and in the Blessed Sacrament to see the people on the street and the cars. Mm -hmm. There was a time where there were cars stopping and people mm -hmm. making the sign of the cross. They didn't yeah. know that they were going to see such a holy procession and a beautiful witness of our faith. And, and for all our listeners, where you experience that same uh, interior movement of God's love for you in Holy Communion and in, and in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Jesus is waiting there for you, whether yeah. it's in your parish church, in the nearest tabernacle, in the hospital tabernacle, wherever you can find that time to place yourselves in the presence of Jesus and just ask him to, to pour out his love for you as Sister Guadalupe and Angelica have given testimony to us today of just really living that life. Um, Sister Angelica, if someone is discerning the life of perpetual adoration with the Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament, how would you encourage them? What, what would be um, some words of, of encouragement for someone discerning their vocation? Well, first of all, I think uh, religious life is a wave of life that 
is just to donate, our, uh, donate ourselves to God, and He does the rest. If you are called, He will give you the strength to, to continue to follow Him. So I think uh, St. John Paul II used to say, don't be afraid, yeah. open your hearts, and, and let God in. And I will encourage people, uh, especially young ladies, if they would like to, to discern vocation to the religious life, do not be afraid. This is one of the things. Uh, religious life, consecrated life, is not um, boring life. It's just life of joy. It's, it's your vocation. It's your, it's your life of God. So I would say if, if they would like to discern uh, their vocation to our community, they can come and, and or call and ask for information. We have the opportunity to share with them, to give them experiences in our community, to live for a week or three months with us, and, and then they will see and discover. They will they will be more than happy to, to help them to discover their vocation. Accept that invitation from Jesus to come and Amen. see yes. and, and come of and spend with him. Amen. And of course, our listeners, you can find information on the sisters at uh, perpetualadorationsisters.org. You can contact the Cathedral of St. Joseph if you uh, would like more information or see the show notes on Real Presence Radio Online. And I also add, you can um, submit prayer requests to the sisters of through course. the website. Uh, they They always pray for all those petitions that are submitted uh so i i submit them by website on a regular mm -hmm. occasion yeah. um because they, they you pray for us of course we pray for you and this is one of the, the things i like to say we want to go to heaven but not alone mm. we want to bring the souls with us so it's not fair <coughs> to be consecrated and just to pray for us or to care about our souls no we are consecrated to, to donate our life for others Thank you, sisters. Sisters, we're so grateful that you were with us this morning. And uh, you can have more time with the sisters if you come to the monastery Amen. and pray. So Amen. thank you, sisters, for spending time with us. God thank you, God you for having you. us, Father. Thank you. Thank God you. bless you. Thank you. And it's a beautiful testimony. And again, perpetualadorationsisters.org. You can submit your prayer request online to the sisters no matter where you may be. You can do that from your smartphone. Speaking of phones, oh, wow. Father. <laughs> wow, how was that for timing? It's heard the dial. Right now it's time for our Straight Talk segment where you can call in and speak with me or Dr. Chris Bergwald, theologian. And the number is 877-795-0122. And again, you can call in and with your questions or comments about the Catholic faith. We've been uh, just speaking with the Adoration Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. So maybe you have a question about religious life. Why are there nuns? Why are there convents? Uh, uh, questions like these are, are things that are part of Catholic life, but sometimes you might always have a nagging question. So give us a call this morning at 877-795-0122. And you can also go online to our Facebook page and submit your questions there or uh, just let us know what you're thinking and what questions you might have about Catholic life. The other thing, too, Father, so obviously questions about sisters, maybe questions about the Blessed Sacrament, about the Real Presence and the, the name of our network, Real Presence Radio. The show is called Real Presence Live. But that's that's a new thing, um, or might be a new thing for some people. It's so maybe a foreign thing for many people, including other Christians who have heard of or maybe a little bit familiar with the, the Catholic belief that Jesus is truly, really present 
in the Eucharist under the appearance of, of bread and of wine. Um, I, I, I was really struck by Sister Guadalupe's comment that was when she was 14 years old, my, my oldest just turned 15, mm-hmm. um, but 14 years old, she just started making brief visit, visits to our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Um, and now she's a uh, sister in South Dakota. It's a, and you never know what the Lord, uh, when you say yes to following Jesus, where he's going to lead you and uh, where you can go and, and what are all the beautiful things that God wants to do uh, and use you to proclaim the gospel and share with other people. So uh, we're talking about the Catholic faith. We're talking about maybe your questions you might have. We're uh, Eucharistic Adoration. You can call us at 877-795-0122 or submit questions to us from our Facebook page, and you can do that in the comment sections for Real Presence Live online. Um, so you, you mentioned that there was a procession. Um, a number of parishes, I think it's becoming more and more common. I remember when I lived in Rome, when my wife and I were in Rome, we talked about this recently. Uh, so in Rome, uh, Corpus Christi is celebrated traditionally on the Thursday after the Feast of the Most Holy Trinity. Um, and, and, and we did that. Um, we, we would visit, and just a beautiful thing to see people following Jesus literally in the streets in the, in the Blessed Sacrament. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful testimony. And again, we talk about giving witness to the real presence. And Amen. So, Amen. Well, we have a caller on the phone. Uh, uh, Valentin is on the line with us. Uh, Valentin, are you with us? I am. Thank you for taking my call. Well, Valentin, what question do you have today for me and Dr. Bergwald? So, you know how, uh, how nuns are technically married to Christ? and priests are married to the church what about monks do they have some sort of like a a framework or relationship like that that's a great question so uh, we think about the spousal imagery uh, that we read about in the old testament and the new testament so a lot of the times uh, we think about uh, just looking at first off when we think about marriage first off we look at the sacrament of holy matrimony valentine and of course there's misunderstanding about that today in our in our popular culture many of oh, many of our right. listeners right uh, but first off we can see that all of god's relationship with humanity throughout the old testament as this spousal language spousal relationship and of course we see that in in God in the Old Testament with, I will be your God, you will be my people, the relationship with some of the words of the prophets where he talks about um, the spousal language of uh, you are my people, perhaps you've broken that covenant relationship with me as, as, and my people. And of course, even Jesus teaching very, very directly on the sacrament of holy matrimony and establishing that this permanent union between man and woman. Now, we use a lot of that language of marriage analogous when we think about uh, religious life. So nuns or religious sisters who are, we say, brides of Christ, you know. And so that's a, an analogous way of speaking about that, that they are, that, that, that same language that they are really entering into that deeper union, that relationship with Christ, 
their bridegroom. And also we think about priests uh, being in that relationship with Christ's bride, the church. And so they're in persona Christi. And so we hear in Jesus's own uh, language in the gospel and, and his own teachings, proclamations about, you know, he is the, he is the bridegroom and, and the, his spouse is the church. And so he gives his, his life and lays down his life for, his, for the church. And in the same way, the priests live that in imitation. So those are ways in language we talk about marriage analogously um, to this relationship. But when we think about monks and religious sisters, yeah. we really can reset, Valentine, when we think about what's really important for religious life and consecrated life is the evangelical councils. And those are poverty, chastity, and obedience. And so when we look at how those evangelical councils, and you can read about those, Valentine, in the Catechism of the Catholic mm -hmm. Church, those are really great guides to really seeing how that call to holiness and living that relationship with Christ and the church bears fruit in those, in those vows that, that religious take. And so, Dr. Bergwald, you've lived in Rome. You've studied with many religious sisters and, and brothers. How have you seen that language bear out in their life? Yeah, I, I, um, I think it's a great question that Valentin asks um, about that that how we describe the spousal relationship. And honestly, with religious, first of all, I think it's worth pointing out that sometimes people wonder what well, a religious brother, so they're going to become a priest, right? Not necessarily. Yeah. Um, there are uh, men who are called to the religious life, to those evangelical councils, but not necessarily to ordination as, as, as a priest. So they are religious brothers for their entire lives. And I, I, I don't, think that they speak of themselves as 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 espoused married to the church um that they, they don't necessarily use that language i i think probably the the rough analog that occurs to me it's a rough an, an analogy but close i think um is to a person who simply remains single their entire lives mm -hmm. um they, they don't speak about they feel called to that but they don't have a spousal relationship a mer uh, a spiritual marriage relationship with christ the way that a religious sister does, or with the church, the way that a priest does. I, 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 with with the religious brother, that language, for whatever reason, simply, at least so far in the life of the church, has not been used. And as a diocesan priest, Valentine, I would actually direct you to really seek out some answers. Look for some good religious brothers or communities, maybe some Benedictines that are somewhere in our listening area. There's several Benedictine monasteries. Perhaps they can share with you how their relationship with the rule, and so particularly like in Benedictines, yeah. would be the rule of St. Benedict, and how that really gives form and shape to their vocation. So, Valentine, I think a, a good response is to look at how a monk lives out those evangelical councils, and also they live the rule of their life, whether they're a Trappist monk or a Benedictine, and, and the monastic Dominican. life, and, and how they live that fraternal brotherhood in relationship with Christ and the church. And so I think that's a good way of looking at Does that help, Valentin? Uh, yes, and I was, actually had another question. Sure, what's uh, that? Just kind of, you know, sort of related, but not, you know, as... I guess. Is there a, I don't know, kind of a, a role in the church for, uh, you know, guys who are, you know, single and lay, um, who, you know, are able to financially support different uh, religious organizations? Or yeah, 
That, that's another another great question, Valentine. I think uh, you're, you're touching on something there that I think a, a lot of Catholic laymen and women um, maybe have never heard before mm-hmm. or aren't familiar with, and that is the the role, the vocation of all lay people, laymen and women, and what are so speaking for myself as as a married layman, uh, father, um, what our role, what our responsibility within the church is, and we are really so so I'm sitting here with. Father Tim, um, and Father Tim, as an ordained minister, is called to empower and equip me, us as lay men and women, to go into the world to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to bear everywhere that we live. Because we go in all those places, Valentine, you, know, you and I as lay men, we make up 99.999% of the church. And and the places where we live, where we work, where we play, where we shop, um, we're called to bring the gospel into every nook and cranny of society and culture and civilization. And the religious... And the ordained are there to witness to us what remember what what our life is about, but also to empower and equip us to do just that. And then, so we we do that, but then we in turn support them uh, in, in through our own prayers for them as religious as and as ordained. Uh, but then, yeah, to, to your to your question in particular, we are called uh, also to financially support the good work that our the religious communities do. We just had the Sisters of of Perpetual Adoration in and the good work that our that our priests and deacons do as well so um, certainly to support them just based on maybe maybe our specific passions what we're interested in uh, my wife and I support some different religious communities that we just have some connections with um, I, I definitely think we're, that we're called to be good stewards of what God has given to us in those ways to give back those who form and equip and empower us to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ into the world and a beautiful encouragement, Dr. Bergwald, to the lay apostolate as right. we live out our life uh, the, in the church with the laity. And there are many public associations of the faithful and even things that are called secular institutes right. where uh, members of the lay faithful can participate in a particular charism and they can be doctors nurses they can be factory workers but then through their prayer and their own spiritual formation continue to grow and they live out those evangelical councils maybe not as a consecrated person but as someone who's devoted to become a saint and grow in holiness and most saints are actually ordinary people in daily life um yep it's it's more often that you find someone who has extraordinary holiness and they've been touched, maybe they've been affiliated with Legion of Mary or, or any number of the public associations of the faithful, but they lived their life, whether they were a factory worker or a business owner or a family person, they really lived out their charism that way. And so, Valentine, thank you very much for the call, and God bless you. I wish, wish you would grow in holiness and for spending this time with us today. Uh, the number to call is 877 and that's to give us a call, 877-795-0122 here on Straight Talk. And we're talking about uh, religious life. We're talking about the importance of adoration in our lives. And uh, just a brilliant conversation we had with the sisters, um, giving us a witness of their life as you know, consecrated religious. They were brilliant. I don't know about us. Yeah, they were great. <laughs> uh, very touching uh, testimony. And it really was a, a beautiful uh, reflection on really living as disciples, particularly uh, Sister Guadalupe, as she mentioned, uh, it started when she was doing catechesis right. in her parish. Right. And her parish priest 
recognized her devotion to the Holy Eucharist and wanted to give her more formation. Yep. And so she was able to be put in contact with the community and a out of her answering the call to discipleship and in her own parish, yep. God brought her into a deeper relationship in her vocation. That was amazing. Yeah, that was beautiful. And like we, we talk a lot about discipleship. Dr. Bergwald, this is a big part of your work is is encouraging people to live as disciples of Christ. Uh, you know, what are some things we can think about to our listeners in, you know, following that call from Jesus? Well, you know, um, some, some of our listeners might be familiar with the work of Jeff Cavins, uh, the, the, another layman who's doing great work in and for the church with his Great Adventure Bible timeline. So, so on, Jeff uh, has a phrase that I don't think he invented it himself, but he's the one who I heard it from. We're, we're not called to be fans of Jesus. We're called to be followers mm. of Jesus. You know, a fan, what does a fan do? They, do they, they stand on the sidelines and they cheer. Um, you know, you and I are Vikings fans. We're Twins fans. We're, we're diehard. Well, we persevere, at least. That's uh, right. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're both Minnesotans <laughs> yes, originally. We, originally, so. yeah. Here, here in, the, in the beautiful state of South Dakota. Yeah. Um, but we're not called to stand on the sidelines and cheer for Jesus. Go, Jesus. No. We're called to follow him. Mm -hmm. We're called to follow him. He's the rabbi, and we are his disciples. A disciple is somebody who literally, literally follows in the footsteps of their rabbi, their master. Um, ancient saying, um, may the dust of the rabbi fall on your feet. Mm. So you're supposed to follow your master so closely that as, as they're walking along the, the little puff of dust that comes up as, as their foot falls in the ground, um, you're supposed to follow them so closely that that little puff of dust falls in turn on your feet. And you think about how, how we speak about um, our own relationship uh, with Jesus, we're called to imitate him. Uh, we're called to follow him so closely that people see him in us. Well, you know, we're here on our Straight Talk segment. We're talking about discipleship or perhaps any question you might have on the Catholic faith. The call-in number is 877 uh, My name is Father Tim Smith, and I'm, this is with Dr. Chris Burkwald. Yes, I am. And uh, we're, <laughs> Dr. Chris, you do a lot of work in... Uh, discipleship and evangelization uh we want to hear from our listeners you know where are you at in you know following in the footsteps of jesus our savior um what are some things that you maybe questions you have at becoming a better disciple give us a call we want to keep this this number the phone calls coming in 877-795-0122 father both both you and i um you're a convert and i'm a revert so i was unlike you i was raised catholic but i like many young adult catholics fell away from the faith and during college came back and for me i had a lot of questions mm -hmm. i mean my my faith was awakened by an encounter with a couple of uh evangelical campus ministers um and and their the, the the couple conversations i had with them in october of 1994 at the university of minnesota prompted me to reach out to my high school confirmation teacher who was a permanent deacon and my dentist i'm mm. from a small town in <laughs> central minnesota um and with questions 
And he answered them. And so I think for many Catholics whose faith is maybe being reawakened, or many people like you mm-hmm. who aren't Catholic but are curious about it, have a lot of questions. Um, and we, we encourage you maybe to talk to a priest that you know. Um, but also this is an opportunity, part of every Real Presence Live um, broadcast, to ask questions. Um, and hopefully we can give you some answers. And again, that number is 877-795-0122. And you can also submit your questions to our online uh, Facebook, and that's Real Presence Live. If you just search in your Facebook bar, you can submit questions to us for the Straight Talk segment, um, where we answer questions about anything related to the Catholic faith, and also uh, just some of the things that have been happening in our world, perhaps misunderstandings, uh, we've had the sisters, Adoration Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. There's, there are misunderstandings about religious life, uh, sure. Dr. Bergwald. You know, uh, some people wonder, uh, you know, is it some sort of, uh, how, how does that work? You know, and even within families, uh, one of the sisters gave a testimony, and even in her own family, um, there's a great sometimes sadness that goes with having right. a, a family member. When I was discerning, believe it or not, one time I was discerning monastic life, and uh, I heard a beautiful testimony from one of the longtime professed monks. His father was a president of the Stroh's Brewing Company in Wisconsin wow. way back in the 1950s. And he came from a very affluent home. And uh, he talked about leaving it all to join the monastery. And he said he found out later, 25 years after being a monk, his father confided in him that he cried himself to sleep every night for three months. His father did Mm. kind of mourning the loss of his son who had entered the monastery. And so that journey into religious life uh, is also something that affects families as well. And so there's, there's questions about that, but it's part of following Jesus. And uh, we're glad that, uh, you know, we can have that invitation from him every day. Yeah. um, I, I, I was thinking about that as you're speaking, the sister Guadalupe shared that uh, her her dad was saddened at the idea that she um, would not have children and therefore he wouldn't have grandchildren, at least from her. I don't know if she had siblings or not. Um, what about you, out of curiosity, Father? Were, you, you're, your family's Lutheran. Um, were they sad that there wouldn't be any grandchildren, uh, at least through their son, Tim? Well, I have uh, I have six nieces and nephews, and so uh, <laughs> grateful I, and uh, could have more. And uh, the uh, the great fact is this: my my family was very supportive of my vocation by the witness to goodness and joy. And great. so uh, even my mom tunes into Real Presence Live, or they watch the the Catholic Mass on YouTube that's broadcast throughout our region. Um, so it is true that. Uh, you know, we give testimony to our vocations by the joy they produce in us. And Amen. just as Sister said, that when her family came back, she said, this is what I want to do. And all parents want to see their children be fulfilled and live that life of goodness. Doesn't mean life is always easy. Doesn't mean every vocation is the easy path. But you can find that goodness when you know it's right. And so that's a work of the Holy Spirit. That's Amen. a work of God's truth. And that's how it's bore out in my own vocation Amen. story. Is And that testimony is continuing each and every day when we we live as disciples and Amen. give witness. Amen. Again, you're listening to Our Presence Live. This is our Straight Talk segment. The number is 877-795-0122. And we have Gail from Bismarck on the line. Good morning, Gail. Good morning, and thank you for all you do. I learned so much from you. Awesome. That's, we're happy to hear that. Did you have a question for us this morning? <laughs> I have two questions. One is, I have been 
a single person now for roughly 30 years. I do not want to date. I never want to be remarried. I just want to live a chaste life and learn more about the good Lord as much as I can. Um, is that wrong? I don't think so not at, at all. all. No, not at all. No, no. Can, can I ask, Gail, is there, is, is, why, why are you wondering that? What can, if I can ask, what's, what's behind that? Okay, because in Ecclesiastics, um, somewhere I can't, I can picture it in my Bible, but I can't say exactly um, sure. where, where it's at, but it talks about not getting married. Mm. And is there some sort of shame or some sort of, uh, you know, sometimes people can feel that pressure that uh, there's a there's a great pressure to get married. But I think the testimony, Gail, in the life of the church comes first and foremost in the lives of the saints. And so uh, one great encouragement I can have is that the church has always upheld um, this life of living a life for uh, holiness. And so even St. Paul it said, you know, he actually gives a warning against the sacrament of marriage uh, for those who are who are called to live a life of continence and live a life, you know, dedicated to living for others and living for the Lord, as well as we see in the testimony in the lives of holy virgins and the, especially in the order of widows. St. Paul talks about in some of his letters about those who have had dedicated themselves right. to just witnessing and living Christian fraternal love and charity. And so I think there's ample evidence in the scriptures, Dr. Bergwald, of living this life of, of chaste love and living it um, for Christ. And, and no, it, that, it's definitely true, um, Gail, that in the Old Testament, there, there, the presumption was that you would get married. Um, and, and there was development uh, in of that over time, especially in the New Testament era. So that's why, you know, there's a question earlier from Valentine about uh, religious life. We had religious sisters on here. So as Father said, in the life of the church, the last 2,000 years, uh, the idea that uh, somebody would not marry, or in your case, not remarry, um, and, and simply devote their, their lives to growing closer to God, deeper relationship with him, that definitely is something, well, that's, we're all called to do that. Uh, so there's certainly nothing, nothing at all wrong with you pursuing that uh, in, in your current state in life. That's awesome. Thank you Great. so much. Yeah, you're great welcome. Clarification. Great. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the question, Gail. Okay. Have a great day. You too. God bless you. And we're here on a Real Presence Live with our call-in segment, Straight Talk. The number is 877-795-0122. Uh, we've been talking today about, uh, you know, consecrated life, uh, living a re deeper relationship with Jesus as his disciples and, and also vocations and how we can... Uh, see where the Lord is calling us to live a life of holiness. Uh, Dr. Bergwald, how did you discern your vocation of marriage? Uh, that's a great question. So I, um, I mentioned I was a re I, I was a revert during college, and so a young man I dated a little bit, but single at least, um, and I felt like. Well, I must be called the priesthood. So I discerned for the priesthood for a little bit, and then I met Jermaine. Uh, so I met my now wife uh, while I was in college uh, studying, and I had was discerning the priesthood for a little bit, but I got great advice. I'd really been struggling if I was called the priesthood, and uh, a priest said, pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament, going back to one of our themes of the, the, the morning. Pray, um, and if if after, I think he said a week, or maybe it was nine days, maybe it was a novena. If it's not clear to you that you're supposed to, to at least at this point, um, 
consider the priesthood more more definitively, date. Um, and within a few months of that, Jermaine and I started dating, and three months-ish later, we were married. Uh, so I did think that I was called to, uh, or I, I wondered if I was called to the priesthood, but just as I continued to pray, um, it was clear to me that I was called to marriage, and marriage to this one woman in particular. It's so actually July 31st, the Feast of St. Ignatius of Loyola, just over a month, uh, 20 years. Praise the Lord for that. So, amen. Amen. Well, give us a call here at Straight Talk. Our number is 877-795-0122. We've been talking about vocations to a religious life, consecrated life, married life, uh, uh, living that deeper relationship as a disciple of Jesus. And so uh, we have time for another call at 877-795-0122. Really anything in regards to your Catholic faith, uh, questions you may have. And uh, perhaps there's something you've wanted to know about religious life or consecrated life or married life in that matter. And, and how do you stay married for 20 years? You know, Dr. Bergwald. <laughs> Marry well. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> well, God's will be done, you know. Uh, I'm sure uh, there's, a, there's a lot. That's a, that's a beautiful witness today mm. in, in the life of the world today. And we don't say that uh, lightly. No. We, we give God thanks. And we also recognize that. Uh, there's challenges and hardships that come into you know, life and, as well. And with that, and I think this applies, frankly, to the life of discipleship in general, Father. Um, we're given the sacraments for a reason. Mm-hmm. One reason, the, the, the ultimate reason, is to draw us closer to our Lord, to become more like, like him. But they're also given us to us to strengthen us for the state of life in which we live, because we're sinners. Mm. To purify us of our sin, to help us um, live. So I, I'm not saying this, I'm not saying that I go to Mass every Sunday so I can live with Jermaine, mm. uh, my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she, Jermaine's very easy to live with. But for me as a sinner, um, I'm selfish. Mm. So uh, to be selfish is not conducive to a good marriage. So I need the sacraments. I need the grace of communion. I need the grace of reconciliation, confession, so that I can be a good husband and a good father, so that I can be a good man, a mm-hmm. good disciple of Jesus Christ. Uh, so I, 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 all the states of life are hard, and we cannot do, I think, live any of them well on our own strength, by our own merits. And praise the Lord, and, and as a brother in Christ, Dr. Bergwald, as, and as a priest, you know, configured to Christ through the holy orders, in, in the same way, all those same principles apply to me, living the sacramental life. And so when I go to my brother priest and I, and I ask them to hear my confession so that I can stay in that good relationship with God, because it's not easy to live in a holy marriage in the world today, and it's not easy to stay a priest. Amen. And we talk about that a lot on yep. Catholic Radio, yep. a hot topic in the last several years yep. of living a life in union with Christ with a radical call to holiness. And so certainly for both of us, you as a married man, me as a diocesan priest, Mm -hmm. living in relationship with Christ is a call for both of us to recognize our need for reconciliation, our need to be healed, to be led, to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, to live that life of radical discipleship. And it happens each and every day. It's one day at a time. One day at a time, one moment at a time. Because uh, we, we can, you know, our vocations come out of following God's will and, uh, you know, each day we can put ourselves in that position of asking, 
you know, God the Father, what is your will for me today? Yep. You know, and how can I love the people that you've given me, uh, whether they be your children or my parishioners or the circumstances that we find are in, God's will be done. I think so often, Father, we want to know what's coming down the road, five years, ten years, and so on. Uh, but really, again, he's our Father. Yeah. And so you, you, you can't see what's right and what's, what's to come, even a year from now. But hold on to his hand. He's holding on to yours. Trust him. Mm -hmm. Easier said than done. Trust him, uh, and he will guide us in maybe not always the easy way, but what is most surely, most definitively, the best way. And the way that you held your children as a as a father when you were first a dad, and you and your wife Jermaine had your children. Now, as I walk into my new parishes for the first time as a pastor, and all those questions you might have about what are the things that God is going to do in this experience of love. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks to all of you who called in or wrote in with your questions this morning. Uh, Remember, this segment is on at 9.30 Central Time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Coming up next, Betsy Niepkins of the Diocese of Duluth on an upcoming event with fun for the whole family. We'll be right back as Real Presence Live continues. Stay right here.